What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Performance for Life podcast. This is your co-host, Jake Laspinato, here with my brother. And Chris Leon. Yeah. <laughs> I always love every time I love your, uh, your intro. So we got a really, 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 really special podcast tonight. Something that I'm really excited about. Chris had a, a pretty cool milestone, I would consider it, yesterday. And we want to kind of dive into his his experience. And I even wanted to share a little bit of my experience. Chris, do you want to uh, tell the people what, what was special about yesterday? Yeah. So yesterday, I had the opportunity to honor my third, going into my third year of sobriety. That's a very, it's a big milestone for me. And I think every day is, is a milestone, to be honest with you. Every day you don't drink or use is a milestone. But what happens is once you string together a few days, right, you end up getting a year, you end up getting two years and three and, and so on and so forth. But, you know, it was, it was nice to honor that and to, and to reflect on it, right? Because that's what, that's what it becomes. It becomes more of a time to reflect and say, hey, look at, look at these days I actually strung together. Good for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously, man. It's really incredible. And I always, I really, I, I was thinking about this earlier. Like I'm always so blown away, like on such a deep level when I meet people or, you know, in this case, I have a, a dear friend who's, you know, been able to recover from addiction, you know, because I know. I haven't like, recovered. I'm oh, recovering. Okay. A recovering. True. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's true. So, you know, I have close people in my life and I'll, I'll share more later in the, the podcast, but close people in my life who have struggled with addiction for years and years and years and have not been able to, you know, get clean or, or get sober and, you know, to watch that. And for me to see these amazing people just be taken over by it. It's always really beautiful when I have people that I meet that are in that place where they are sober mm -hmm. and they have been able to conquer the addiction or you know, conquer themselves or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. You know, addiction, addiction is, there are people out there that think, why can't they just stop? And I used to think that too. I used to think, yo, why can't I just stop? Like, why can't they just stop? Why can't he just stop? Why can't she just stop? And until you're in it, I don't think you will ever understand what it feels like to wake up in the morning and know that the first thing that's on your mind is, yo, I need to, I need to hit a bottle or else I'm not going to be able to survive. I'm not going to be able to survive the day without, without alcohol. And it's something that takes over your body because there's a chemical dependency that happens, right? Because if you're feeding something, if you're feeding your body something, over and over again, your body's going to become dependent on it. That's, that's how amazing our bodies are. Our bodies will become de dependent on the poison that we're putting in our body and it'll actually use it as fuel. It'll actually allow us to function like wow. normal people. Yeah. Right. Wild. And, and then there's the mental portion of addiction, right? That once it gets its hooks into your, into, into your mental capacity, now like your, your, your behavior, all you think about is the next drink or the next drug or, and, and so on and so forth, or, you know, whatever, the next porn that you're going to watch, right? The, the brain gets hooked, right? And then, you know, last but not least, the spiritual. 
for the, for those people out there that believes in consciousness and, and spirituality, the substance, the addiction gets its hooks in there too. Now that's the triple threat, right? When you go to the doctor, you, yeah, a doctor, I'm an alcoholic, you know, well, what can you do for me? Maybe they can help with the physical, but how do they help with the mental and the spiritual? They, they can't. Now you got to go find, you know, someone, someone that specializes, right? A therapist in the mental portion of it, right? And maybe you have a special therapist that psychologist that understands the spirituality, the consciousness portion of it. And if you want to go down the road of recovery, all three of those boxes must be explored and examined. If they're not, your chances are very slim. It's almost like I'm thinking of like a tricycle, right? You think three wheels, if even one of the wheels isn't on the thing, it's not going to. It's yeah. not going to operate like it, ain't, it, it ain't. And you know, and I'm going to do this. I, I, I will share my, I'll give an example of each, each portion. So we'll start with the physical. Listen, first of all, like when I had my first drink, it was probably the best thing and best thing I ever had in the world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like Superman. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wanted to ask this before you, not to cut you off going into mm-hmm. the mental emotion or mental, physical and spiritual, yeah. but. I wanted to see, I, I've heard a little bit of the backstory and, and you can get into however deep you want to, yeah, yeah, yeah. but can you share a little bit about like, you know, you're talking about the first drink you ever had. You're like, I felt like mm-hmm. Superman, like what happened after that? You know, like after that moment, it seems like maybe there was, it sounds like there was like a switch that went off or something. Yeah. So not necessarily a switch went off. So when I had I, the first time I ever got drunk, I was probably... I was like 11 or 12. We were celebrating New Year's, right? Me and my cousin, we snuck um, a couple of, a few bottles of champagne and we just, and we just took it all to the face, right? We just, we, we got drunk. Like, <laughs> we was just like, yo, let's just get drunk. We just got drunk. And it, it felt great. Like I was dancing. I was, you know, going, doing all sorts of, all sorts of stuff. And no, no, no one really paid much attention to it, right? It was safe fun, right? Amongst the family. I think I even threw up that night. My mom threw me in a cold shower. Like I went to bed, I woke up and I felt fine the next day. Yeah. Right. Because I was a kid, you know what I mean? So the, a kid's body's going to bounce, bounce back off of that pretty quickly. Right. So that, so that was my first like really um, taste of it. And then after that, I didn't care too much about drinking. You know what I mean? It was just like, Oh, whatever. That's, that's cool. But the next time, Next, the second time I got drunk, I was, was like 16, high school, went to a party. And that's, that's when I felt like Superman. Mm. That's the one, right? Gotcha. That's the one. And I, I was up all night. So like everybody was asleep. Everybody, I was up all night drinking, smoking weed. I was, I was doing it big. And once again, nothing happened. Right. And then from there, it was, it was, it was literally on and off, right? If, if I got invited to a party, I would go, I would get, you know, I would get, I would get, I would get hammered. And then, and that's, and then that's about it. Right. And then throughout college, right. Same thing, right. College is when I started to black out. Nothing too, you know, surprising about that because college, you experiment, right. You black out, you get drunk, whatever. Once I rolled into my twenties, into you know what we call adulthood, whatever. That's when, that's when it started accelerating. More blackouts, 
more consequences, right? I got my first DUI mid twenties. So that, that, that was a consequence, right? And ah, uh, yeah, hey, you got do uh, license got taken away, whatever. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll throw some money at it and, and, and it's done. Yeah. Right. But I didn't, I never looked at it like, oh, yo, you have a problem. Right. Cause I, I could keep a job. I could, I could do all these things. Right. And then, you know, like show up at the gym, like you were still working out. Yeah. All this. Yeah. I was still, still, do, still doing the thing. Sometimes, sometimes I would it, literally, I, I would be drunk from the next day. I, I would still be able to show up at the gym and, and do my thing. Wow. Right. And then after that first DUI, I calmed down a little bit and then right back into it. Right. And, and there were moments where I was like, yo, I got to stop. I got to stop. So yeah, I'm gonna take a break for a week. So when it's payday come next week, we're right back at it. And then, so like time goes on. What happens is the addiction follows you. And it's, it's like a silent, <laughs> it's like a silent assassin. Mm. It doesn't say anything. It just keeps, it just keeps following. Yeah. It keeps following. It keeps following. And then my second DUI came, came along. That was like, right. Like, I think I was like, I just turned 30 or something like that. Mm. So by about five years, the DUIs were five years apart. So once, once one, like kind of like left, <laughs> the next one came right in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh and you know, the funny thing about that DUI was, so I had been drinking all day. I came home. Right. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I want some Chinese food. <laughs> and then as I, so I, all the crap that I did started during that day. Right. Oh my God. Well, a bunch of, a bunch of crap. Nobody said anything. It's when I go to get the Chinese food. <laughs> that's <laughs> when I get caught. Right. Yeah. Officer was nice. You know what I mean? It was, it was a good time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I give him, I ain't give him any problems. He didn't he give me any problems, you know? Drunk, yeah, I'm drunk, whatever. And you know, I'm glad that it didn't it didn't escalate. Nothing happened, right? I didn't get shot, nothing. It was just a standard procedure, right? Yeah. Uh, they, they, they would say. Yeah, yeah. Once again, no consequences. Actually, oh yeah, I, there was consequences. I, I, I got locked up in Brentwood for for four days. So oh, okay. I, I did time for it. I got, oh, I was in the pen. Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's 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 a story for another day man. Was, <laughs> i did not know that bro that so i, I yeah, yeah I, i'll hit you with, i'll hit you with something man so i got dropped off right so there's like a bell like you have to ring a bell and be like yo i'm here and they're like it's too early you gotta come back <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know if you've ever been like around brentwood the the actual jail but I know where it is. It's yeah, yeah. it's like you, it's like down like a long street. Yeah. From Epping or 101. And it's just. Yeah. Just so. Long. <laughs> so then I turn around. I'm like, I got dropped off. I don't I I'm like, I, I got it. I had to burn like an hour. So I walked down that long street, got on that main road, walked to the McDonald's. <laughs> I think I got myself something to eat and then walked back to check myself in. What the hell? Yeah, 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 yeah. Damn. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Man. Yeah. I, I've heard I, I I know a couple of people who have gotten arrested and, and gone there and they just say like they're like, I don't even know if you could consider that place jail. It's kinda like Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So Yeah, so 
I got there. I can't remember what pot I got put in, but I, you know, there, was, there was some, you know, there was some some gangsters in there. You know, what I mean? yeah, if, if you want to call it that. You just feel My, like guys that just like don't give a shit, and they would just do whatever. Yeah, so you know, I kept to myself because I was the only. I think I was the only black person there when I got there. There was a Hispanic dude and he he like kind of ran the pod real nice. Asked me, you know, he got me some slippers and stuff like that. My bunk mate, whatever they call it. Cool dude, Michael. Michael, if you're out there and you're listening to this, (laughs) what's up, man? Hope you, I hope you well. And then there was some other dudes. I met this really young kid. It's like 19. I was like, dude, what are you doing here? Nice drugs, something like that. And it was pretty sad. I was like, dude, like, come on. Yeah. Like, you got it. <laughs> you gotta get out of here. Yeah, yeah. You got you can't you can't be in here. Yeah, man, it was it was it was an experience. But once again, now, was that like a like I know like we were kind of like laughing about it, but was that like an experience for you where like you were kind of like, okay, maybe like maybe no. This- no. Really? No, my see, see, and this is where the ego comes into play. The ego is just a, it's a mother. I'll put it like that. Because the ego is like, yo, you survived that. It ain't nothing. Mm. Them dudes with them dudes ain't say nothing to you. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? You banged out your four days. You got, you, yeah. you ate your three square meals. Like, this is nothing. Right. You know what I mean? So I never took the time to reflect and say, hey, look where I'm at. Like, what's going on? No, because my ego, told me that I got through it. If you can get through this, you can continue to drink and get through anything. Mm. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's very, that's dangerous. That's dang. That's very dangerous. Now I was really rolling the dice. So I got out and then I chilled once again and then right back to it. Then now I started going into like benders, like bender territory. If you don't know what a bender is, a bender is when you string together a few days to a week, sometimes months, where all you do is drink and drug. Maybe you work, maybe you don't, but you just you just do it, right? So then I, I started getting introduced to benders, right? And then so I started started doing benders. My benders would go from Friday to Sunday, and then Monday I would I would get out of it, and you know I'm back to work. And then my benders went from Friday to Sunday to Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday. And then my benders went from Friday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then all of a sudden they were a week. And whew, I had a few week long benders. My last bender was the one, right? So that was 2019. No, yeah. 2018 going into 2019. And that was the one, man. That was the one. That was the one that, that pushed me over the edge. Because what was, what was starting to happen was, with all the, the unskilled behavior that I was kind of like gathering, <laughs> all of the stuff that I was gathering, right, created a lot of guilt, shame. And there comes a point where, well, where I started hating myself for all these things. But then my ego is like, nah, you good, right? So, so now you have this clashing of the ego and and I think it's it's my my conscious my consciousness my spirit that's like something is off here. And so what I would do 
to, you know, mute out those thoughts, those, those things that made me feel bad. I would literally drink so that I could die. Right. I would drink to the point of blackout. And then if I black out, maybe I would do something that could kill me. Right. Self-destructive, self-destructive, destructive behavior. When that started, when that didn't work, then I was like, all right, now I'm just going to have to kill myself because <laughs> drinking, drinking to the point of, you know, of no return isn't working because I keep coming back. I keep freaking coming back. Like, why do I keep coming back? And so, you know, once I reached the end of the road, which was, you know, try, uh, attempting to kill myself, that's when I had my awakening. That's when my, my ultimate self, that ultimate being, that really smart voice in you says, stop. And if I don't, if I didn't listen to that, I, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. It would be a totally different conversation. I would probably be on, on the street somewhere or somewhere else or dead or back to Brentwood or state, state prison or something. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, that's very skeleton level, right. Of, you know, my evolution, right. Throughout addiction. But when you go into, so once we break it out into the physical, the mental and the spiritual, the physical is the, an example of that is, when you wake up every morning and you're like, when is my, when am I going to have my next drink? You know, and I would stash, I would stash bottles, buy bottles, you know what I'm saying? And now did, did Paula, did Paula know that you were drinking like that? Oh yeah. <laughs> she, she lives with me. Right. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, so eventually the person that you're, that, that you're living with, right unless they're totally blind to it and they don't want to see it, they have, they, they, they feel the effects of it. You know what I mean? And, you know, that physical dependency started hitting me pretty hard where, you know, you go to work, you leave a little bit early to because you need, you need that drink, right. Especially if you're hungover, right. You need it because your body, your body needs, you think that's what your body needs, you know? And then the, the, the mental piece is, I think deals with, the the guilt the shame the insecurity like all of that right and and trying to find a way to to not look at those things right so the substance is a great <laughs> is a great way to to forget about those things but whenever you sober up they come back so then you have to drown them again right and it's and it's just a vicious cycle yeah and then the spiritual portion is literally you drown out your spirit you drown out your higher self so now you don't have that, 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 that being that source that can, that can guide you in a way that you would need to be in the way that you would need the guidance that to, to get out. Right. So, so you build, you build these, these layers around you and the thicker, the layer, the more work you got to do to break through that so that you can get to your true self again. I feel like it's like the more like you essentially just said it though, but like the more you get disconnected literally from your higher self. And do you feel like that with that, you know, because I feel like when we ignore our higher self or our, our truth and so on, like for me, it shows up physically, like, mm -hmm. you know, it's so it's almost like I imagine there's pain involved in that. I mean, from my own experience with just ignoring or 
trying to like hide from different insecurities and fears. Mm-hmm. It's like, it shows up in other areas. It comes mm-hmm. up in relationship or physical, you know, and it's like, do you feel like there's pain also that comes along with that, that substance helps with, or not, I shouldn't say it helps with, but like is used to also drown. Cause then there's the physical pain. So it's like, Oh, my is what may as well. You don't, you, know, you don't feel it. You don't feel it. You don't experience pain. What pain, because we are as, as human beings, I believe we are our bodies, our minds and our spirit are equipped to experience pain. Okay. We're, we're supposed to feel pain. We have the capability to, to endure pain. But there is an effect to pain, right? It, it makes us not feel good, right? When we feel pain. So what happens with the substances is that as soon as the pain comes, we don't have to feel it. So guess what? We just take the, we just take the substance instead, right? But, you know, what I've learned, right? Through, you know, studying like, through studying Buddhism, right? Four Noble Truths, right? Suffering, right? Suffering is inevitable. So why not accept suffering and find a way to, to work through suffering and find a way to identify suffering so that when suffering comes around or if it, come, if ever, if it ever comes back, we, we've accepted it. So yeah, we'll feel the pain, but we know that we can, that our bodies can endure that pain. And that we can get through it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's and, uncomfortable. I feel like it's painful to, to feel pain, you know, <laughs> like, I know it sounds funny, yeah. but like to experience, experience emotion or experience trauma or, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, cause I feel like that's the only way we can really work through it is to some way, shape or form, accept it, be with it, like relive it so we can work through it. I mean, that's how kind of some of the work I've done with my therapist has been, which has been really cool is like, she's specialized in this type of therapy where she will kind of bring me back to whatever trauma that is like hold I'm holding on to cause I'm expressing it. And it, dude, it's insane like mm-hmm. how deep she's been able to get me to go just by like closing my eyes and breathing and visualizing. And it's like, I experience it and all the pain that I felt in those moments of it's actually, you know, some of which, you know, was with my mom battling with alcohol abuse you know mm-hmm. so it's like it was painful to re-experience but then on the other side of that it's like oh my gosh and i should say that like in the moment i was open i was accepting of it i'll, I'll feel this i'll go for it but for a long time i tried to just ignore those things or just yeah i don't got to deal with it like just laugh it off or forget about it or but it's there and it's it's not going anywhere <laughs> but that's that's you know that's and 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 that's what society teaches us, right? That's what we're, that's what we're taught to do, right? Compartmentalize it, put it somewhere and put it away and don't ever look at it. The problem with being an addict is, yeah, we know how to do that. <laughs> we can show you how to do that, yeah. right? But that's not healthy, right? It's not good for us to, 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 to do that, right? And so the same way you have to go through that process I have to go through that process. I had to go through that process in order to, in order to get here, because if I didn't lean into my pain, examine my pain, find the root of my pain, then I wouldn't be able to 
see the light in the pain because all it is is just fear when it comes down to it. It's this fear. It's fear that it, you think that it's, it's going to happen again. Right. So now, now that I understand my pain and I know where my pain comes from, where my trauma comes from, I just, I shed a light on it. It's no longer a fear. It's there. It's going to be with me for the rest of my life, but I don't, but I don't have to, I don't have to be afraid of it. Right. So then, then it becomes, if I'm not afraid of the pain, I don't need the booze or the drugs because that's what I was using it for. Anyway, we don't drink because it tastes good. Right. We don't. No. Half of that stuff tastes like, <laughs> I don't, I don't swear anymore, but <laughs> you guys can fill in the blank. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Definitely. So, so then if it, if it wasn't for the taste, why, why was I doing it? Part of it was probably because of the super, Superman feeling, but behind that, there's an insecure boy. <laughs> right. Right. I feel like I mean, think about because, think about like because I'm insecure. You know, I, I remember that feeling and like when I first started drinking in college, where like you know I w- was way too nervous to approach a girl sober, so it was like, oh, if I get drunk, I'll be like, it doesn't matter, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. I'm Superman, you know? It's yeah. like it almost it gives that feeling. Yeah, you know? Yeah, so. the, the the substance the substance like kind of depletes the, the uh, gets rid of the insecure boy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And you know, it's like, it makes sense. I can see why people can, can become attached. I mean, I've been attached to different things too. I, you know, I've expressed that difficult times in my life. Like I've, I've used marijuana as, as a coping tool, you know, where it's like maybe wasn't smoking all day, every day, but like a lot just to kind of drown out the pain that I was going through. Cause it yeah. was like, Oh, once, once I smoke, I don't think about this. I forget about yeah. it. You know, yeah. I forget about it. I'll laugh or have a good time mm-hmm. rather than like, Oh, I'm going through some shit that needs to be explored. And I got to yeah. work through this. You know, you so, sit with it. Right. And I feel like it helps me to be able to also then see from that angle, like, damn. Yeah. Like I, I've, even though on a little bit of a smaller scale, it's still like, I can see it's addicting. You know, it is, it is. So it's just, so it's not like we're an addict before we, before we become an addict, right? It's not the substance. Like the substance is just a, it's just a tool. Cause it, like you said earlier, it could be porn. It could be food. It could be yeah. alcohol, drugs. It could be video games. You know what I mean? It's like, there's all different things that people be, it could be meditation. People yeah. get attached to and use it as an escape. Yeah. Work. You know? work. Yeah. It works. Works a big one. That comes yeah. up for me a lot in my life. So it's so so if it's, it's anything that you that you're using to escape reality, the, the real time experience. Right. And, you know, like I said, because the substances literally cause, you know, physical cause physical issues within a person and mental issues. It's more pre- prevalent. Right. It's more out there. But sure. the same dude that's sitting there watching porn all day, you're still not in the present time experience. You're still not taking care of the things that you need to take care of, which is yourself. So, you know, recovery, recovery is a lot. It's a lot. Number one, it's, it's the, it's the most important thing in my life. You know, any, if anybody at word asked me, yeah, what's the most important thing? What's the, what's, what's the most important aspect of your life? My sobriety. Uh, hey, what about your family? Uh, what about your daughter? <laughs> uh, 
No, without my sobriety, without recovery, I ain't got none of that. And they ain't got me. And that's it. As soon as that drops, the whole house of cards comes crumbling down. That's why recovery is a lifetime process. I'm in this till I'm in the grave and beyond. And sometimes I think that's what people don't understand. They don't, they don't, they don't get that. They just think, oh, you, you just stop drinking, you just stop drugging. Yeah, right. Yeah, I stopped drinking, I stopped, I stopped drugging. But you know what? I'm also looking at my behaviors, how I treat people. You know, I joke about I don't I don't swear anymore. There's a reason for that, right? There's a, there's a, there's a reason for that because because when I when I personally use lang- that kind of language, I'm I'm replacing it for something. I can't express myself, so I use that language. I'm speaking, I'm talking about me. I ain't talking about anybody else. I'm talking about me. When I was in full-blown addiction, I used that kind of language to degrade people. So if I say I'm in recovery now, why continue the same behavior? Feel me? Yeah. So, so what becomes important, right? When, and, and, you know, this is something else that I'm, that I'm learning, right? With the, with the senses, sight, you know, hear, touch, taste, all that good stuff, right? We, I have to pay very close attention to, we'll just use sight. What is, what am I fixated on? Because if I'm fixated on certain things, that's what's going into my, my store consciousness. That's what's going into my consciousness. And those are the seeds that I'm, that I'm planting and or watering, right? If I'm hearing certain things, right? So, so I gotta, so if, if you were someone that I hung out with and, and all you did was badmouth people and talk bad about people behind their back and I'm hearing this, I'm allowing you to water seeds of hatred, seeds of ignorance in my store consciousness. Ooh, that's so, powerful. So, so now I have, I have to look at myself as the gardener of my garden. And if I'm not in tune with my senses, if I'm not in tune with my consciousness, if I'm not in tune with these things, I'm opening the door for relapse. I'm opening the door to allow the house of cards to fall. One thing that I that I realized is that what I've gained from this, it's a double-edged sword. I've gained the power of choice. Now I have a choice at what I look at, what I speak of, what I listen to, what I eat, right? I have a choice now. I can't pretend that I don't. So recovery goes beyond the, the drink, man. Yeah. That's the first 120 days. Yeah. You gonna do after that? Yeah, man, that's deep. Seriously, it's really powerful. You know, because not not everybody does that. And you know, it's like you hear people who you know they they get sober from alcohol, but they start smoking cigarettes or Mm -hmm. they start gaining a bunch of weight. You know, because it's like that one substance is now being replaced for another substance. Yeah. So that's that's really powerful, man. Yeah. Like I said, this 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 thing is. For me, it's it's a lifetime, and I'm learning about the hu- just being human. And you know, there are different paths to sobriety. The path that I chose is I did AA, and I and I I probably should go back to AA meetings, but I haven't in a while since COVID. Like AA meetings stopped, and they became virtual and all that stuff. But whatever. 
right? We won't even go there. That's another podcast. But <laughs> I started going to recovery Dharma and the recovery Dharma is a, is a Buddhist approach to, to recovery. And boy, I got to tell you that Buddha knows something about the human, the human behavior. And it's, it's so simple, but yet the complexity that that's behind it, it's amazing, man. It's, it's amazing because it allows you to work from the inside out, right? Because you have to look at yourself, look within yourself to find the answers. If you go out looking for the answers out here, you're not going to find the answer. You got to go inside find the answer and then you got to practice it right so you know i would read something come back to it work it right in real in real time and realize what it is i i you know i always feel like you know you know buddhist philosophy was meant for the <laughs> was meant for the addict yeah, yeah right because there's this whole notion of you know coming home and and what that means is coming home to you. Like this has this is home for me. Like I am home. Like I am here. I am home. And to come home to me is so comforting to know that I can come back home to myself. And to think about it, like three years ago, I was trying to kill myself. Yeah. Is that crazy? It's it's trippy, man. <laughs> right. To look at where you're at right now in this moment, like back then, would you have ever thought you'd be three years sober and, you know, in, in this place, this beautiful place? Yeah. I, dude, I couldn't even put like freaking a month together without messing it up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like I said, it's day by day. And, and there's, a, there's a certain responsibility that I take to help and be of service to, to others. Give back what's been given to you. And I feel like, you know, to be honest, from, from what I see, that it, it really makes you even better of a coach because you have this presence to you. You have this experience. You have this wisdom. You have, you know, more love, you know, and, but you also have that experience of, being a kick-ass athlete and, you know, you know, all these, all these different things that I feel like just morph you into this, this incredible human being and coach. And it's, it's really cool yeah. to see, man. And, and I, I, I really meant that yesterday when I said that you inspire me, man, because you do, you know, I think about you when I think about how I want to be better. And I think about, you know, all the people in my life that I look up to and make such a positive impact on me, like you're up there. Thank you. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate that. I really do appreciate that because, you know, I still, I've, I've been to some, some dark places, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and to get to experience the spectrum. I mean, all I can do now is just love. Cause I know what the other side looks like. Right. It's like, oh, like oh, basically, like you said earlier, like the end of the road, like, it does, it's kind of doesn't get much de like lower than that, you know. It's just like, you know, how how dark it must how dark it must it get, right? You know, so you know to sit here to talk about it is is refreshing and 
to reflect on it is refreshing. And it's, um, to, you know, to have you as a, as a friend is refreshing. You know, it's, it's, uh, I couldn't ask for anything, for anything more than, 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 than this, the, the, the opportunity to just, to just live. I, I can't complain. I can't sit here and complain. That we, every day we have the opportunity to have the human experience and yeah. love and laugh and yeah it's just like you know pain and (laughs) when i you know when i walked into the cold water it's just like like how how am i here to experience such a wonderful it felt good felt so good like i didn't hate none of it like i was in the ocean like had and i just i i just had so much respect for the ocean and I thank the ocean. I'm like, thank you for accepting me because you didn't have to today. You didn't, but you did. And it was just, it, it just felt so good. It was, it was, it was, it was cleansing. And that is what beautiful. being present is all about. It's a beautiful experience. And I just want to share with everyone, as Chris is saying this, his background on Zoom is the ocean. <laughs> he's actually on an island. <laughs> um, he's got his background set on Zoom. Man, you know, so as Chris was saying, he, he part of his celebration, or I don't know if that was, if you guys, you did something with the fam after, but he went for a cold plunge in the, in the ocean and the water and I, I joined in. I, I came by. And I'm, I'm so glad. I thought we were gonna miss each other, man. And so glad I got there. But the water is. It was 26 degrees out. The water was 45 degrees. <laughs> and for those of you out there who maybe haven't experienced cold water exposure, 45 degrees, from my experience, feels about like freaking 25 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I. It was a cool experience for me because I got to experience you so present. And, and right when I got in the water, I felt it. Like it was just this, it was this, like this energy that he had that was just like so, like just grounded and still and present. And like being in that space for me, that helped me because I was starting to get in my head about how, how cold I was in the water. And I just had to keep reminding myself to just close my eyes and to just breathe and just like be with it, feel, feel everything that was coming up and just yeah. like breathe through it and be through it. And man, that, that was so, that was so cool, man. Like, yeah, what, a, what and, an incredible way to celebrate. And like, and like we said, right earlier, right. We're equipped to feel so that the, the pin, the, like the pins and needle feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm supposed to feel that. Well, that's the thing, man, is like to get back to, to kind of like take this and go into kind of health and wellness spectrum. It's actually extremely good for our health to expose our bodies to extreme temperatures. That's why the sauna is super healthy and beneficial. That's why cold water exposure is super healthy and benefit. They both have different benefits, but like, that's why like being outside in the winter time is good. It's like, our ancestors weren't like chilling with 75 degrees on watching Netflix. (laughs) They're freaking making fires. It was five degrees last night in New Hampshire. It's like, or where we live, you know, it's like we were, we were being exposed to these, these things so that our immune systems could 
grow stronger and our bodies could adapt. And so anyway, yeah, man. Right. you know, for anyone out there, if you're struggling, like I'm with you, I am you. And I'm, I'm just a DM away. I'm just a comment away. Just holler at me. Talk to me. Mm. I'm here. It's all it takes is just like, hi. Yeah. That's all it takes. Because yeah. as soon as you put it out into the universe, the universe takes care of you. Mm. And that's why we got to be careful about what we put out into the universe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, dude, thank you for sharing all that. You know, it's like, I, I just felt like that, that was, I, I so badly wanted to hear and, and have you share. And I appreciate you sharing it with me and, you know, tons of different people are going to listen to this now. You know, we have, we have quite a few people who have been listening to us. And, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people can get a ton of value from your, you know, your experience and you can help a lot of people. I mean, you're already helping a lot of people. Like yeah. I said, you, you've helped me in so many different ways. So I can only imagine like from here, it's just gonna, yeah, man, it's beautiful. Yeah, we, we got to heal. We got to heal. Bang. So, so. Good stuff, brother.